have a timeout. Decide not to use it. Curry, way downtown. Bang! Bang! Oh, what a shot from Curry! What's up, everybody? You're listening to the Fanalist.pod. Sean Ramachandran here with you, joined by Yash Doshi and Rohan Naranjan on another NBA podcast. Today, we're talking about the NBA playoffs. The first round is basically nearing its end. The Western Conference still has a couple of games to get through, but stick with us. We're going to get there. I want to first go over these Eastern Conference matchups that have already been set. The Philadelphia 76ers are taking on the Atlanta Hawks. And the Brooklyn Nets are taking on the Milwaukee Bucks. So I don't want to waste any time over there. I want to get to it. KD versus Giannis. How are we tilting? Let's start off with Yash over here. I think this is the matchup of the playoffs. That's like maybe not a non-finals matchup. A, depending on what who the finals are, this may be the matchup of the playoffs regardless. Just because of the star power. Because of who we're about to see in this round. And... Honestly, I think a lot of people are picking the Nets because of their offensive power, but I think the Milwaukee Bucks, because of their defense with Giannis, Drew Holiday, and the rest of their squad, they can put up a real battle. And of course, Giannis, reigning MVP, reigning Defensive Player of the Year, and we know that they got better over the offseason. Of course, the Brooklyn Nets are the Brooklyn Nets with their offensive juggernaut, but this is going to be the first real test all season of how good their defense is because... I think as well as Brooklyn score, Brooklyn can score, Milwaukee can keep up to a certain extent, but Milwaukee's defense is going to be good enough to actually win them some games. So I'm interested to see how this playoff goes. What about you, Rohan? Yeah, Yasha, definitely this is going to be one of the more exciting series going forward. Um, you know, this is looking like a finals-type matchup, kind of we're getting into the second round, you know, uh, especially with the star power that we see with Giannis, KD, Kyrie, Drew Holiday, uh, Harden. But I think it's honestly just going to come down to if the Nets can contain Giannis in the paint. Um, we saw how the Heat did it last year in the bubble. Obviously, that, that didn't work out well for them this year as they got stopped. But if uh, the Nets can somehow figure out how to stop Giannis from dropping 30, 35 a game, I think that they should be able to handle the series in six. That's, that's what I'm thinking right now. But it's just hard to think that the offensive power of the Nets is going to dwindle um, to the Bucks defense. And I just feel like there's more of a chance of Giannis getting stopped than both than KD, Kyrie, and Harden all getting shut down in this series. Absolutely. I mean, you both make, like, really good points there. Rohan, especially over there, saying how, you know, if it's, it's not about stopping Giannis over here, it's really going to be on the Bucks to stop the Nets. Very tough to contain two of those three guys. One of them, you can just hope that they're having a bad shooting night. But if two of them are just performing at a high level, it's really going to be tough to stop the Nets. I'm also tilting towards taking Brooklyn in six. But what's really intriguing to me here is not just this KD versus Giannis. Like, I always try to dig deeper and find the storylines over here. And what I like in this Brooklyn-Milwaukee series is Giannis is the definition of loyalty in the NBA. You know, he's sticking to his team. He just signed the Supermax. But then on the Brooklyn, you got Kyrie, who's dipped. You know, he's jumped ship. He's like, I want out of Cleveland. He gets his team in Boston. He jumped ship again. Now he's in Brooklyn. KD, you know, I don't even need to go over there. You know, we know everyone calls him a snake, this and that. Won two championships out West in Golden State. Now he's in Brooklyn, teamed up with Kyrie. And of course, James Harden forcing his way out of Houston. 
so I see like you know this common theme of like is it like this loyalty versus like I guess you know disloyal superstars like kind of like a like an underlying storyline that I really am very intrigued by but um ultimately like I have to tilt towards the Nets you know they haven't given me a reason to doubt them just yet um I don't think that Giannis has the ability to go for 50 points against them like you know we predicted Jason Tatum to but as Yash was saying too Milwaukee is a far better team than Boston is you know this isn't this isn't a team that really plays around they just swept the Miami Heat the reigning Eastern Conference champs and you know now all of a sudden you have the Brooklyn Nets coming in you know they got a big three so you know Josh what do you think about Chris Middleton though in the series I think Chris Middleton is one of the players that I would consider probably an x-factor in this series I just think that obviously Katie, Harden, Kyrie, Giannis most likely are going to come up and show up in the series. The four of them are superstars in this league and they have a pretty good chance of, you know, averaging whatever they're normally going to average and making their impact felt on the game. The players beyond them, especially on the Bucks, like Chris Middleton, who is an ex-All-Star, Drew Holiday, these are going to be the two people that are really going to either make or break the series for the Bucks. If Chris Middleton's not hitting his threes, that makes it a lot easier for the Nets, you know, so on quote defense to guard um, Giannis a lot easier. If Chris Middleton's out there on the corner or on the wing hitting those threes, someone has to be there and that just opens up the space a little bit more for Giannis. So I think the more we do that or the more Chris Middleton and the Bucks do that, they have a pretty good chance of winning. Absolutely. Um, I'm sure that, you know, we can spend a lot of time predicting that series, but I think the common consensus is once again, you know, the Nets seem to be the favorites, rightfully so, with all that star power. Um, gonna be very intrigued to see how the Bucks do. It's gonna be bittersweet to see them exit, you know, given the fact that, you know, Giannis has given it his all in the city of Milwaukee. But um, another matchup, obviously, with a lot of star power on the flip side of the East is, you know, Philly against, you know, the Atlanta Hawks. Um, now, Trey Young is, you know, the villain of Madison Square Garden. He is, he silenced the New York crowd, all right? But he's going up against Philly, and that's a different animal. It's a different task. Uh, Joel Embiid is hurt. I expect him to miss the first game, possibly the first two games. How, how's that looking? I think I'm going to speak on this series based on the, if, based on if Joel Embiid is healthy, because obviously if Philly's missing their MVP, this changes the entire series, and I could see the Hawks taking it if Embiid's out for a considerable amount of time. But Philly did say that they're taking it day to day, and this series doesn't start for another four or five days. So if he does play in maybe game two and beyond, the Sixers have a very good fighter's chance to take this series pretty quickly. Like, I want to kind of read to you how similar the Sixers and the Nets are in terms of their statistics. In the regular season, the Sixers averaged 113.6 points and the Hawks average 113.7 points. They average, they both average 45 rebounds and 24 assists. Their points, rebounds, and assists were down to like the decimal exactly the same in the regular season. But I think that this game's just gonna come down to the defense. Ben Simmons, Tobias Harris, Joel Embiid, and of course, Matisse Thybul. That's just too much lockdown D on the perimeter and inside for the Hawks to really like work with. I know Tom Thibodeau and the Knicks were good at defense, but that's kind of nothing compared to 
who I probably think is going to be the DPOY this year in Ben Simmons. He can play some pretty well defense on Trey Young, and it's going to be a drastically different series than what we just saw with the Knicks and the Hawks. Yeah, Yash, uh, definitely. I think that it's going to be an interesting series, basically just depending on the health of Joel Embiid, you know? Um, MVP, MVP candidate down the stretch, um, but he just hasn't been able to be healthy, especially in these key situations. And I think that just going forward, it's not going to look great um, for the Sixers. I don't know if they could get a scare from the Hawks. You know, maybe if Embiid has a couple of games that he misses and it goes to six or seven, we know that they can take the team. Like they handle the Knicks easily. Um, both me and Sean picked the Knicks to win in seven and the Hawks ended up winning in five, which is, I don't know. I, I bet a lot of people didn't think that was only going to um, last five games. So this team isn't something to just be taken lightly. And I think that if you are going to, Look at what the what the series is going to mean to. It's going to just depend on the health of Joel Embiid. So I'm gonna I'm gonna watch out for the news these next couple of days. Yeah. Um. Honestly, like the Hawks run right now, I don't want to say it reminds me of the Blazers run about two or three seasons ago, where you know they got swept by the Warriors in the Western Conference um, Finals. But um, the thing is, like. You know, this Hawks team, obviously, we can't take them for granted. But I just feel that Philly has kind of figured it out this year, you know. And I know that Embiid's injury is going to be, like, that big deal where we're like, oh, my God, like, you know, how long is he out for, blah, blah, blah. Um, I think that if and if he misses those first two games, they can split 1-1. But I do expect Philly to wrap this up in no more than six games. Um, it would really stun me to see the series goes to seven, but I am giving the Hawks benefit of the doubt to say that this should be a six game series because they are, and they should be that good of a team to push it there. Um, another name that I should mention, you know, I know that Steph Curry's not in the playoffs, but his brother Seth is and Seth really balled out in this closeout game, um, dropping a playoff career high, I believe it was 30 points. Um, so shout out to his brother, Steph, for that number 30. But um, he, he commented on Steph's, Steph made an Instagram post about Seth and he commented 30 for 30, yep. oh, wait, 31. Yep. yep. <laughs> and, you know, like you mentioned earlier too, you know, Tobias Harris, he has been just phenomenal down the stretch. I think that Ben Simmons could be the one holding them back. He's just absolutely been atrocious from the free throw line. But once again, Ben Simmons, I compared him to Russell Westbrook in the previous series as well. He really, you know, compliments the game in more ways than one like you really can't measure what he can do defensively in other ways he's a great two-way player overall but he just needs to shoot more consistently but once again I expect Philly to wrap that up in you know six games um, now transitioning out to the west you know all this talk about three-pointers and Steph and all that stuff you know there's a guy named Damian Lillard that's out there just an absolute historic performance You know, figured 13 three-pointers breaking Clay Thompson's previous record of 12. Um, but it all ended up in a loss, and the Blazers are down 3-2 to the Denver Nuggets in the West. Where are we going with that series? you think that the Blazers can force a Game 7? Okay, before we get to, like, predicting the future in this series, I want to give a shout-out to Dame. Like, yesterday's game, Game 5, was possibly one of the greatest single performances in playoff history that I've seen live. I know MJ 
Kobe had amazing ones. LeBron has had great ones. Game I've six, seen Clay. Game six, I, I've Clay. seen Steph, Clay, Kyrie have amazing games. KD, but the shots that Dame was hitting yesterday, I don't know if y'all remember the shot, but it was the end of the first overtime. Austin Rivers was guarding him, I believe. He he took a step back, three sixty step back again, hit a three to tie uh, tie the game with like four seconds left, heading into like the end of the first overtime. I was like, this guy is absolutely insane, and you know it sucks that his teammates are kind of like stupid as hell. And <laughs> CJ McCollum took a negative step to end the game, and I don't know, was it Norman Powell or Robert Covington who missed a wide open dunk? Covington. <sighs> Yeah, I mean, like, that. It, it sucks. If I'm Dame, like, I'm pretty mad at my teammates. I give it my all. But for the Nuggets, they played amazing. Jokic, Aaron Gordon actually was like, he, he knew what to do yesterday. And he, he was impressing me. But I think if the Portland Trailblazers just play a little bit better, they, they can take this to a Game 7. And, you know, Dame versus Jokic in a Game 7. Dame's a proven playoff performer is Jokic. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I think that the game kind of came down to Dame's teammates, essentially. He did all he could, um, you know, back-to-back shots in both uh, the regulation and in overtime to tie the game, and he's just as clutch as he can be. But I think that the offensive fouls, especially in the second half, um, Nurkic fouled out with, I believe, he only logged five minutes in the game before fouling out. And after that, Jokic just kind of had his way against Kanner and Carmelo Anthony. So going forward, I think that they need to be just careful of those kind of mistakes. And I don't know, the, his team, Dave's teammates just didn't help. As Yash said, um, McCollum had a very, you know, just, just bad game generally. And I feel like Denver's offense was just kind of overpowering throughout the game and just felt like Dame's heroics was just trying to get back into the game. But it never really felt like the team took control, the Blazers took control, especially towards the end of the uh, regulation. Absolutely. I think that, you know, watching that performance, quite frankly, every time Dame touched the ball, it was like it was going in. And the last time that I have seen something like that was Steph Curry, you know, this entire season. And I'm not going to lie, you know, Dame, like it, it hurts to see them lose, but I'm not going to lie. Like it really reminded me of the Warriors this entire season. Steph just never had that supporting cast. That's how Steph felt every night. So, you know, Dame, you know, welcome to Steph's world this past season. Um, but, you, you know, know, you hate to, you hate to see it. Um, but, you know, I'm glad, I'm glad that someone is, you know, we're getting that entertainment. We're seeing, you know, those players go off um, and do that. But um, another player that we've seen go off is, you know, Donovan Mitchell. He's back. The Utah Jazz have advanced to the second round. Um, we're awaiting who they're going to play, of course, you know, uh, between the Clippers and the Mavs series, I believe. Um, that's also, you know, that's been a surprising series. I've never seen, like, you know, the Mavs stole the first two games in L.A. And the Clippers go and steal two games in Dallas. And then, you know, tonight we just see the Mavs steal another one in L.A. So, you know, if the trend continues, we're going to see – you know, the Clippers hopefully steal one in Dallas, force a game seven, and it's just going to be absolutely embarrassing and the most Clipper thing ever to lose a game seven at home. Because um, why not? <laughs> you know, go ahead and do that. Um, and we all expected the Mavs to finish this series off in probably six games. A lot of us maybe even thinking five games the way that it was going. Obviously, Luca had that, you know, that injury scare a little bit. 
Um, I think that that really was a setback for the Mavs that allowed the Clippers to steal both the games in Dallas. Um, but, you know, what do we think of these, this series going down the stretch? I'm going to start off, you know, kick it off to Rohan over here. Yeah, Sean, um, Luca had a much better game today, uh, tonight, actually, compared to what he had last game. And he's just been miserable from the free throw line up until today. Uh, it was 40% before tonight's game. I know just that key going forward, like you can't make dumb mistakes like that in the playoffs. I know they're a young team. This is Luca's you know, first or second uh, playoff um, appearance, but it's just you're a superstar in this league and that needs to happen. But on the other side, Kawhi has just got to be better down the stretch. We saw tonight he had a chance for a game, uh, potential game tying three to tie the game 103-103, and he ended up airballing. He didn't even hit the rim. And that's just not what you want from a guy who's supposedly a top five player in the league right now. And it just, this is just such a clipper thing. Like you said, um, going forward, like, I don't know if this team can even, can they win another one in Dallas? Like it's very hard to win when your back is constantly against the wall. And this clipper team has shown to crumble, especially as we saw last year in the bubble when they were up three, one and ended up just losing that series. So I, I don't really have any faith in the clippers going forward. They haven't shown me enough as a team, and this is just going to be a really disappointing season for them. Um, and I would be even even if they somehow escape this series uh, through seven games, I'm not confident in picking this team going past um, any other squad. Before we do kick it off to Yash, though, Rohan, I remember you know you stressed so much the Miami Heat are bubble frauds. Is it safe to say that the Clippers are just NBA frauds in general? <laughs> it you doesn't matter if they're that, the bubble Tom. bubble or not. <laughs> like you, you get all the star power, and they still just mess it up. But you know, y- Yash, how about, how about you go ahead? What do you think of this series? Is there going to be a game seven? I think uh, it's it's tough to say because, like like Sean was talking about earlier, every game has been won by the road team and i know this isn't a baseball podcast but i just want to bring up last year in the world series was won all seven games by the road team so like maybe it's like a trend in the sports world now fans are just like kind of messing up with players and that's why road teams are winning but nonetheless i think that if luca has a game like he did today in the third quarter he absolutely took over and gave the mavs that what 15 16 point lead and they kept it kind of to a healthy seven eight running it through and he got close towards the end but while luca wasn't amazing in the fourth his teammates stepped up uh chris Dobbs hit a clutch three which is like a new thing for me to say because i'm normally on here bashing chris Dobbs for like the stuff he doesn't do on the court the man's a seven three guy on the floor and he shoots threes all day i was literally watching game three or was it game four luca and chris Dobbs running a pick and roll if Kristaps cut to the basket, he had an open dunk, but Kawhi followed him to the three-point line just because the Clippers knew that he was going to uh, um, come out to the three-point line instead of rolling. Like, I don't get the Mavericks offense, but it's working right now against the Clippers. It should be a good game six, and I wouldn't be surprised if there's a game seven, but I think the Mavericks should be able to close it out. Yeah, I'm definitely tilting towards, you know, the Mavs closing out, although I would be so entertained by seeing a a game seven of course like who wouldn't but um you know just from what i saw today too like you know after that chris Tapp's three it looked like it was kind of over and the clippers started edging back and then they crumbled down again so i feel like they're just not they've just not been able to catch that stride and close out and now that dallas is back at home they know what's at stake they don't want to let this go to seven and i think that they're going to be able to you know i guess 
I don't think they'll be able to live it down to say that, oh, you know, the Clippers beat us. You know, it's going to be like one of those type of storylines. So I think that Luka should be able to handle business. Um, but an L.A. team that is really in trouble, that has their back against the walls as well, is the Los Angeles Lakers and the Phoenix Suns. Um, I blatantly said it. I said I, I wanted the Suns in seven. Um, and I stood by. I know you both said the Lakers in six. But that was before the AD injury happened for all of us. So I'm sure that you guys maybe, obviously it's not going to be in six now. They have to force a game seven. I'm also not confident in saying that the Suns will close it in six. I'm still going to stick with the Suns in seven. I'm very confident in that pick. But have you guys changed your predictions? You know, joined the dark side with me. I guess you could say it's the dark side because no one's really, no one's really counting on the Suns to take the series still. Yeah, Sean, um, I don't know, like, something looks off about this Lakers team this year. It's just injuries have just kind of crumbled this team throughout the season with LeBron and AD mainly. But I just feel like their supporting cast kind of covered it enough to kind of keep keep them in um, playoff contention. As we know, they were in the playing game once LeBron and AD both returned to the lineup. But LeBron does not look the same, like the same guy out there. That's not the LeBron that I've been seeing you know, these last four, last four or five years where he's been absolutely dominating even past the age of 30, you know? And he's 35 now, but I don't know. It's, it was just kind of an I, I don't want to say 24, 7, 5 is an average game for an NBA player, but for LeBron James, I think that he can do much more, especially without Anthony Davis in the starting lineup. You need to be better as a leader um, and just, you know, an MVP-type player on your team. And leaving the game five with five minutes left your team's down 30 what does that look like for your team's morale your team leader is walking away quitting on the team going back to the locker room while they're still five minutes in the game i don't care what the score was like you're leader of this team show some like fight show some spirit at least you're not gonna win this game but at least like rally up you know rally up your squad rally up your troops and like we've seen lebron do that a lot of times i don't like that from him and if you want to be a leader on this team which we he has been a leader on many many championship teams you got to be better than that, especially with Anthony Davis, your co-star going down. You have to be a better player and you also have to be a better leader. So Schroeder had a terrible game. Overall, the Lakers didn't play well either. But just that feeling, it seems like LeBron's kind of just giving up, whether it was just for that game or, you know, going into the series. But he needs to be better just overall. Before I get into like my talk about the series, you guys remember when LeBron said he was injured and he's never going to feel the same way again? And a lot of people thought he was lying. Based on what he's played in this playoffs, do you think like maybe he's actually hurt and like it's we're never going to see the same LeBron again, especially after what uh, Rohan was just talking about? I mean, I think that like it, it brings up the question of it for sure. You know, it might validate the statement on what we're seeing, but... I'm I'm still not bothered. There was the play-in game, and he went and hit, you know, that amazing three-pointer with Steph. Like, he kind of took over that game late, and I was like, hey, that's the LeBron that I know. That's the, like, that's the scary LeBron, you know? And the thing was, that I think he also recently said something like, oh, like, you know, 35-year-old LeBron would, you know, totally beat 27-year-old LeBron's, like, you know, I don't want to, you know, say that word, but you get what I'm saying. I mean, like he's confident in himself. And I think that it definitely does bring up the question, but I think it's less credit to say um, 
not that LeBron's not doing well, but it's a testament to be like, oh, the Suns are just guarding that well too. You know, like they're just that good of a team that we need to give credit where credit is due. Like they're they're doing damage control with LeBron. They're double teaming him when they need to. They're forcing him into tough shots. So I think that's a testament to say how good the Suns are. I mean, I think there's an argument to be made both sides there. Rohan, did you want to add something? No, I was just going to say that I agree. Like, the Suns are on the team just to be taken lightly. They're a two-seed in the West. No matter how, you know, big of frauds that we think that the Jazz and the Suns are as one and two seeds as we, compared to what we've seen with the higher seeds in previous years, like the Houston Rockets or the Golden State Warriors of a couple years before. But I think that this Lakers team, roster-wise, is objectively better than the Suns team. The Suns team is led by Chris Paul. Yes, we know that. And he's elevated them to a new level. But... DeAndre Aiden is having his way in the series, and I think he's been a key factor that we haven't really talked about um, compared to Devin Booker or Chris Paul. And you would think that Andre Drummond and AD are able to take down this, what, 21, 22-year-old, basically a kid who's playing his first ever playoff series, and he doesn't look like that at all. He looks like a seasoned veteran who's leading his team to win after win. I think that's going to be the key going forward for this team. If if they're not able to stop Aiden in the paint, especially with the banged-up AD, this, this series is over um, tomorrow night if the game's played tomorrow. Um, so I'm going to change my prediction to Suns and Six because this Laker team just looks out of it. That, that, that's pretty bold. So you think LeBron's not going to show up with his team on I, the line? It's, it's hard for me to bet against LeBron. Like, I know elimination game LeBron is different. But is it just me? He just doesn't look right out there, man. Like, he can't cut to the basket as fast as he could before. You know, his, his shot is just eh, as it's always been. But I feel like he's just not aggressive. He just wants to be a facilitator in this situation. And he needs to he needs to drive the ball more. He needs to be more of a scorer and lead this team to victory compared to just, like, kind of passing it to his teammates and making them take the shot. Like, I don't know if that's the best strategy for the Lakers going forward, especially since they don't have AD at the moment. You know, he's a game-time decision for game six. So they don't have that second great score. So LeBron needs to just take over a game like he's done before. I think yeah. before Yash, sorry, my bad. Just before you get into it, though, um, it is worth noting that LeBron has encouraged uh, AD to not rush a return. Um, and they are on the brink of elimination. I still think that Anthony Davis is going to suit up. Like, quite frankly, I think that that's more of a media thing. Like LeBron's saying, hey, don't rush it. It's going to be fine. But knowing, you know, an athlete's mentality, like with that star power, you're like, you have to think. This is an elimination game. This is do or die. Like, I need to be there, out there for my team. So I think that Anthony Davis will definitely suit up. It's just a matter of, is he going to be 100%? I don't think he is. Um, but, you know, what? You, know, you, you go ahead. I think we've, we've silenced you long enough. But go ahead uh, with you, what you think of this prediction. I agree with you, Sean. I think Anthony Davis kind of has to play in this game. Like, Anthony Davis has a reputation of being the guy that's always injured. It, uh, with the Pelicans, he never had much playoff success. And last year... Yeah, they won a championship in the bubble, but I still believe that without LeBron, Anthony Davis wasn't going to do much with that Lakers team. Maybe a first-round exit, but LeBron was the main reason. Of course, without Anthony Davis, LeBron wasn't winning, and without LeBron, Anthony Davis wasn't winning. Yes, but LeBron is a lot more important. But Anthony Davis still has to like play for this team tomorrow because Andre Drummond cannot guard DeAndre Ayton like Rohan was talking about earlier. I think when we were making our picks earlier um, in an earlier podcast, I talked about how the, the DeAndre Ayton and Anthony Davis matchup was going to be where the series was won. And I think we can kind of agree that's where the Suns have dominated the most. Of course, Chris Paul has been Chris Paul, but 
Chris Paul and Dennis Schroeder matchup, that was kind of a given that the Suns were going to win that anyways. But the surprising part is DeAndre Aiden is playing like what we thought Anthony Davis was probably going to play like. And that's been the series changing degree, uh, series changing factor, I guess. But I would say like I picked the Lakers to win in seven or six, I believe. Obviously, this was before the Anthony Davis injury, but uh, I think I'm still going to stick with the Lakers in seven. Just to be bold here, I think I can't bet against LeBron until he proves me wrong. So I'm, I'm going to stick with the Lakers in seven. See, I don't even think it's yeah. about like LeBron proving you wrong anymore. It's just the, the Suns have just validated like, like they're like, like when I picked the Suns too, I'm like, okay, like, you know, they stole game one. I'm like, hey, this is a great start. Then they lost two straight. And I was like, oh boy, you know, like it's looking gutsy. And I'm like, oh man, like did, did I shank this prediction? But when they stole game four and they absolutely dominated game five, it's just, again, like it's just, it just validates to me like, hey, this is the Suns team that I know. This is why I picked them. Um, I still, I'm kind of tilting, hey, should I maybe pick the Suns in six? Because like, that's what Rohan said too. I'm tilting towards it, but I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. I still want to take the Suns in seven, you know, close it out at home. Um, but I think that this series is going to just come down to Chris Paul, you know, just how good he can be. If he can give me 20 in the next two games, that they stand a very good chance because I know D book will be the main scorer, giving at least 30 Deandre and giving me a solid double, double, you know, so I'm, I'm still going to stick with the Suns in either six or seven. I'm going to tilt towards seven, close it out at home. Sean, just one more thing. Um, I really just want to give Cameron Payne his flowers. He's been coming off the bench and has averaged, I think, 21.1 points in the games he's played. LA has had absolutely no answer to him. And before the series started, who would have picked Cameron Payne as kind of that one of the X factors that we've seen in the series? So we got to, I just, I think, I just think we got to give credit where credit's due. And the bench players, role players for Phoenix are stepping up. Um, just starring Cameron Payne. Honestly, I just, I'm just completely shocked by this. Yeah, for real. Shout out to Cameron Payne. Wasn't he like out of the league basically like two or three years ago? This guy has rejuvenated his career. And I'm that, that's always impressive to see when anybody does that. Right, right. So ultimately, we're thinking what like Mavs and Jazz in the next round as like a majority pick, I guess, like consensus. I, I, I would go with Mavs and Jazz. Mavs and Jazz, okay. Yeah. And then, um, yeah. and then the other flip side of it, are we thinking? I want to. I'm just going with the majority pick, Yash. Not to say that you're wrong, but because okay, we have okay. two people picking the Suns, um, are we doing Suns Nuggets? Perhaps it's yeah. looking like that. Maybe I, I think the Nuggets Ooh. close it out. Nuggets close it out, right? I agree. I agree. I think it's going to yeah. be Suns Nuggets as well. Yeah, it's going to be a really interesting second round. I think it's more intriguing in the West. Not to say that the East has that star power. It's going to be really fun to watch the East too, of course. I think but the second round is going to be really good. Yeah, I just feel that if LeBron is not playing second round basketball, like that's like, wow. Like, it's like, oh it's, boy, you know. It's going to feel very weird not to have it LeBron is. in the second round. It is. I mean, he did miss Shocking. the playoffs in that first up. year. He did miss the playoffs in that first year with the Lakers. But yeah. Well, it's it's still gonna be weird though. It's still gonna be weird. But yeah. So he's fourteen and zero in first round series. So if he loses this one, it's the first round. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I think that's all that we got for you guys today. Stay tuned for more at the panelist dot live on Instagram. Um, great second round matchups. Uh, love the pick so far. I think that we have really 
common consensus in the East. A lot of splits in the West as usual. Um, we're going to be expecting that down the stretch as well. But that's all that we got for you guys today. Stay tuned for more.